Hello and welcome to Case Reopen, the number one Detective Conan rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Treese, and joining me, as always, is Colleen. Hello. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you, Tyler? I'm excited because we haven't had a guest in a while. That's true. Not since uh, the last movie we had Spencer on, but we've kind of been guestless, especially for just regular episodes. We haven't had people, but you know, you can expect more guests coming forward. I'm really excited about it, and today we have a Patreon supporter and fan of the show, William Lee. How's it going, William? Good. How are you doing, Tyler? Fantastic. I'm excited to talk to you, man. Welcome, William. I'm excited to be here. I'm really glad you're having me on. Yeah, so one thing I like getting to talk with people, I like to hear their relationship with Detective Conan, case closed. How'd you get into the series? Were you uh, an anime fan first? Did you read the manga first? Tell me uh, just a bit of your backstory of how you became a fan of Detective Conan. I got started on Detective Conan uh, from the manga. Um, it was at my uh, public library when I was a kid, and I just kind of grabbed it off the shelf. And it was a good read. I liked uh, the mysteries. And then um, I spent one summer just watching pretty much everything that was dubbed on YouTube. I really like, I, I wasn't expecting the library twist. I gotta admit that. So, this was, were, how young were you? Because I'm just imagining, like, some eight-year-old being like, oh, I like comics. Let me read this grisly murder fantasy. I was probably, like, 12, something like that. You know, I think okay. the manga section is in the, the teen section at my local library, so that's when I wandered in there. I wasn't a teen yet, because I'm a rebel. Yeah, I'll say. You weren't 13, you were 12. We have a rebellious listener here. That's really cool. How much of the series have you seen? I'm pretty much where we are at in the show right now, because when the dub stopped, I tried to switch over to the sub, but the episode numbers don't quite line up, so I gave up. (laughs) (laughs) See, you actually had a legitimate reason. I was just like, I don't want to read words, so I just stopped watching. I mean, this this podcast has definitely carried me through the the subs. Um, Subs are growing on me. I'm getting getting more used to them, Um, but watching it. And then having this show to go with it, it's been a lot of fun. So I got to say, just because we've been revisiting the dub on the Patreon, a little plug there, uh, we're going to actually have Case Closed Episode 3 uh, live by the time you're listening. So subscribe there and check that out if you want to get our thoughts on the American dub. And so I want to ask you, like, just so many of the characters feel different in the dub than they do in the original Japanese version, so... Has that been difficult for you, somebody that, like, you know, was more into the dub and, like, was it hard making that switch just because, like, the Junior Detective League are a lot more, like, forceful and, like, Ayumi in particular, she's so reserved in Conan, but she's a bit more loud in the original and then D- Detective Meg- Maguire to Megri, like, they're very different characters. Did you have any rough, like, adjustment periods? Yeah, especially when I was listening to you at the start, I was trying to listen for the names. The names are all got me all turned up. Um, but the characters, I haven't noticed it to be that bad. I think for the, I f- I feel like most of the characters are pretty similar. It's just some of the voice acting. I'm still like I have a hard time separating the um the original characters. And then the subtitles, it doesn't necessarily tell you who's talking, so I'm still getting used to that. Yeah, so do you still imagine Megary with that, like, Brooklyn accent? I really hope you do. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I do. <laughs> That's awesome. And it's funny, yeah, they really do play up the cuteness of Ayumi in um in the dub. It's kind of weird. But, yeah, I don't know. I think, I'd almost wish it was still dubbed, kind of. But, you know, they get better dub. Dub work is better now. Yeah, they might as well just redo it. <laughs> I mean, we they, yeah, that'd be great. They can get more people into the show. Yeah, yeah, and you know the the movies are getting dubbed again, so it's it's exciting time for fans of like dubbed anime, so especially if you're a Detective Conan fan. So that's really great. And so you picked guesting on this two parter here. This is the Sonico's Dangerous Summer Story. And I before we get into the episode itself, uh, do you have a sweet spot for Sonico? Why'd you why'd you want to pick a Sonico uh, focused episode? That's actually funny because she's not one of my favorite characters. Oh. <laughs> but I remember reading this um, in the manga. I, I remember vague details of this in the manga. And I thought the way that Conan and the group get roped into this case, I thought it was pretty interesting. That, that's what I remembered most about it. Okay, well, I'm a, fig- I'm a big fan of Sonica. So I'll stick up for my Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're Sonico fans on the show, but... Uh... We, I well, I'll speak for myself. I think we can uh, separate, you know, our fondness of Sonico and reality. Like we get what she's all about, but I don't know. Yeah. It's still a good time with Sonico. Yeah, she felt a little less one note in this episode. I think because she was more actively a part of the plot. So that was that was cool. This was better than I remember her being. And so, so just to settle uh, a regular debate here, where do you fall on Team Hybera? Do you like her? Do you dislike her? Where are you at with her? <laughs> I think she's great. Sorry, Colleen. It's all good. <laughs> Take that. I know I'm probably outnumbered, but yeah. How far into the uh, anime did you get? Are we going to change your mind through this rewatch? Uh, I mean, if you do, it'll take years. I got to like <laughs> episode 450 and I'm still not liking Hybera. Well, just wait. I'm gonna keep revealing that you two are very similar, and nothing's gonna. You're gonna. I feel like you just need to get over this. You need to accept yourself. You need to love yourself so you can love Hybera. Love your inner Hybera. Thank you. There is no inner Hybera here. <laughs> <laughs> so let's dive into this episode. It's episode 153, Sonica's Dangerous Summer Story Part One. It's originally aired July 19th, 1999. The Conan's hint going into this episode is Sonico's camera. To introduce the episode, Conan says, Today it's all about Sonico, danger and love, all in one. You know, some people say the best love is a dangerous love, Colleen. Uh-huh. Who are those people? Some people. You know? <laughs> I just thought that it, they were talking about Sonico here. She's danger and love, all in one package. The episode begins at a beach in Izu, and we see Sonico taking a photo of Ron's butt. So I'm glad we have the male perspective here this week. <laughs> so William, <laughs> are you not the male perspective, Tyler? Uh, He's the host I perspective, I guess. <laughs> I'm the accurate perspective, is what I am. But William, I do have to ask, what do you think about these girls in bikinis? Huh? I feel like they drew more. They, they drew in a few more details than than they normally do this week. Yeah, what do you think, Colleen? Were you like, yeah, wow? I, yeah, they were there, sure. <laughs> I gotta say, Ron, curvy goddess. <laughs> Ron is super pretty. Like, I feel bad. What about Sonico, huh? made, like, she made it so obvious that all the guys were after Ron. 
And she's like, oh, Sonico, a little bit more self-confidence. You're usually so, you know, boisterous. What's happening? Yeah, so Ron's fixing her bikini and Sonico takes a photo of it. Sonico says it's a special moment that Shinichi will like once he comes back. Ron disagrees. She goes, that's stupid. Why would Shinichi get all excited when she sees this weird picture? It's like, it's because it's your butt, girl. It's weird how they really fixate on this moment, like pretty much through these grouping of episodes. They use it in the recap and they're talking about it for pretty much the entire story. It's a good photo. That's why. She then asks Conan what he thinks and he agrees with her while blushing. Sonico then wonders what kids would know anyhow. We're also missing Kogro in this episode, so we need some sort of pervy aspect. <laughs> Ron asks Sonico why she's been pulling bad jokes on people lately, and Sonico says she's just venting. Sonico reveals that the whole purpose of this beach trip was for her to find a man, and that she had a plan put together. She believes that men usually think that she's a flower that is too high to reach, since they typically stay at her summer home or a high-level hotel. That's why she's staying at a cheap hotel this time. However, while on the trip, all men's eyes have followed Ron rather than Sonico. Like you were saying, Colleen, all, all the dudes are checking out Ron instead of Sonico here. Yeah, no offense to Sonico, but I don't recall there being, you know, all these poor men who looked up on this pedestal at Sonico and be like, oh, I can't attain her, so I'm just going to give up. Like, I don't recall that in previous episodes. Well, she's like a beautiful rose, you know, like blooming far above me. I just can't reach it. I'm reaching out right now. I'm trying to grab it. I can't, Colleen. Sonico's just out of my grasp. I haven't remembered her being a real highlight in any of the other places they've been to either because they were staying, you know, there were other people there with them that were like equals with them or you know hire you know, friends of the family just as wealthy kind of a thing she never really had too much luck and if somebody was into her they usually wound up being a murderer at some point <laughs> oh yeah i mean she's always uh also after kaido kid right so but that's true he's got he's just got a busy schedule Ron says she doesn't believe that is the case and sonica says she'll show shinichi a photo of ron changing that she took secretly last night Ron says she'll never forgive Sonico if she does that, and then Sonico just laughs, saying she never took such a photo. That would have been low, I gotta admit. And these are best friends. I really like the, the the grin that she had going on in this scene. It was kind of it was like a really big smile, kind of masking the like the night baron mask. Yeah, you know she has a lot of fun picking on Ron, and I, I appreciate that. It seems like a fun friendship, especially when Shinichi's involved. We are then introduced to a man named Michiwaki Tadahiko who asks Ron and Sonico if they want to go to lunch with him. He even says he'll pay, which is very kind of him. Perfect gentleman. I'm sure this guy's going to be a cool guy the entire way through. Oh, absolutely. He is just the cream of the crop. Sonico is so lucky to have him. Sonico says to just take Ron, since that's his target, and then she actually pushes Ron forward before telling him that he can't do weird things with her since she's taken. And that's when he surprises her. He says, no, I actually wanted to invite you. And Sonic is shocked, so is Conan. And Conan goes straight to this being like a conspiracy theory. And what's sad is he winds up being right. Because he goes, impossible, this doesn't happen to Sonico. Should be something behind it. And he's like, well, I'm being ridiculous. But no, he should have kept that same thought going. Best reaction ever. At that point, was he shaking the thought loose? Or was he just joking when he kind of had that zoom in because i thought that was really weird for him to jump right to that uh, i think it's a little bit of both i think he was like kind of joking but he was kind of like 
this is weird. This just isn't how dudes react around Sonic out. And he's like, oh, you know what? Maybe there is somebody that finds her attractive. There's someone for everyone, right? <laughs> Ron says she and Conan will stay at the beach, but Sonica looks afraid, so they come with her instead. I did find this funny, that all this talk about her wanting to find a man and stuff, and then when she has a like chance at alone time, she drags along her friends, her friend and like a seven-year-old. I thought that was funny too, <laughs> but I also think it rounded out her character a little bit more. It showed like a side of vulnerability that she hasn't usually had. During lunch, we learn that Michiwaki goes to Baker University, which is where Kogoro graduated from. Michiwaki reveals that he was dumped by his girlfriend recently, and while he's alone staring at the ocean, he then spotted an angel, and he points at Sonico. He says, If I am right, you will become my savior goddess. Has anybody ever called you their savior goddess, Colleen? Oh, I thought you were going to ask William. Um, I... no. <laughs> I, I believe I'm coming. I, I believe he's asking me next. okay yeah what about you william (laughs) oh you know i have to fend off the advance from another man every now and again oh (laughs) (laughs) sonico blushes at this and then the tan waiter named kyukoku makoto pounds the bear that michiwaki ordered on the table before asking him not to throw ashes on the floor michiwaki complains of the waiter's attitude Ron says something about the waiter is familiar. Sonico says he's the son of the hotel owner at where they're staying at, and he's helping out over the summer. Ron wonders how Sonico knows that, and she says that he kept looking at them from the entrance. She asked people at the hotel about him. Quite the mysterious introduction for Makoto. What was your initial feelings of the character, William? Of Makoto? I thought he was suspicious. They they only showed him just kind of like looking over his shoulder or following behind. What about you, Colin? Yeah, I agree. And it didn't help that they gave him those like anime fogged up glasses so you can't even see his eyes and see, you know, what he might be thinking behind them. But yeah, he um, comes off as a bit of a creeper for a good portion of the, the two episodes. Yeah, I... I mean, I think there's an argument to say he's still a creeper by the end of it. Uh, we'll, we'll get there, though. Sonica believes the restaurant is owned by the same person as the hotel that they're staying at. Michiwaki says he's staying by a hotel near them and invites them to dinner, saying he'll pick them up later. Then tells Sonica to bring her camera as he's been hearing about incidents happening around the restaurant by the ocean. Michiwaki says a year ago, one lady with long brown hair was killed with something driven into her stomach. He heard that she got involved in the case as she was going to the restaurant and that there were no witnesses, so it's still under investigation. Now she haunts the restaurant and appears as a ghost in pictures taken there. Michiwaki wants to see if it's true and they try it out. So this is where I got immediately suspicious of Michiwaki, because he seemed to know too many details, like the woman's hair color, that seems like an odd thing to bring up just out of the blue. And uh, so I was like, this dude definitely killed this woman. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was weird that he had all, yeah, like you said, he had the details about the woman who was killed, but then he said to bring Sonic along as like, oh, you have brown hair and you have a camera. Let's try this. But bringing along someone who kind of matches the description of the last victim seems like a good call. Also, they they fixate during this saying that Sonica has brown hair. Does Ron not also have brown hair? (laughs) Thank you. Is it, like, supposed to be black? That's that's what I'm curious, if, like, that is supposed to be black or something. I don't feel like it is, but maybe it's they're trying to go for, like, a like a light... Like, Sonica definitely has a lighter shade, 
than Ron, but I still would say they both have brown hair. And then doesn't like Conan slash Shinichi have more black hair? Like Kogoro has black hair for sure. So there is a distinction even between black and dark brown. Yeah. So maybe it's like more clear in Japanese and it was just the translation, but that did seem odd to me that they kept focusing on uh, Sonica's hair color rather than like, hey, you know, her best friend has like just a slightly different shade, but <laughs> it's still brown. Sonica says she has 10 pictures left on the film, but Ron is scared and tells her not to go to the restaurant. However, Sonica says maybe Shinichi could figure it out if they showed him pictures. Plus, he can see the photo of Ron fixing her bathing suit from earlier. Ron says you can't even tell that it's her in the photo, but Sonica says with Shinichi's deduction ability, he'll be able to see it. So this is one thing I totally got wrong and when I was trying to figure out the case. I thought there was like something in the photo that she took on the beach that like was pertinent to the case and would come back up and that did not wind up being true but i thought the butt photo was going to wind up being like this will have the evidence needed yeah but you weren't far off yeah they wanted to bring it front and center but they couldn't bring it that they couldn't make it that important i mean it would be so funny just imagine it being like key evidence and so the police have to take this photo of ron's butt (laughs) or have it be the next cone next conan hint butt photo that'd be a good (laughs) hint I like that. Michiwaki wonders what they're talking about, and Sana explains that Ron's boyfriend is a detective. I like how she doesn't even fight that Sonic is it's her boyfriend. She's like, eh. Mm-hmm. I know, right? He then asks what kind of photo they're talking about, and Sonic is about to whisper it in his ear when Ron yells at her. You know, if she had just whispered that photo, uh, we might have not had this whole episode. He might have realized that, oh, she doesn't have any photo... Oh, that incriminates me. Like, there were, we were so close to, like, maybe just avoiding all of this. Yeah, but then we wouldn't get to really meet, um, um, I'm just gonna say his name, Makoto. <laughs> like, we wouldn't get to meet, uh, uh, the Prince of Kicks, because he would probably just oh. be there at the inn doing his part-time job. That's right, we need to put Sonico's life at risk for our entertainment. That's true. They're then interrupted by the waiter, who gets in between Sonica and Michiwaki to deliver their fried noodles. He then glares at Michiwaki and says, Many people are still waiting for their seats. Please eat and leave soon. Could you imagine getting, like, service this terrible calling? I can imagine it, but I wouldn't want to. I'd be like, what's his problem? Do they have rude service in Canada? Uh, probably. <laughs> You've never had any rude service, it doesn't sound Does like. Does that go against the Canadian way? The ca- Canadian way of life? Maybe. I mean, I don't eat out that much, that's why I don't have a lot of experience. It's just like really passive-aggressive serving. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your meal. Oh yeah, like like you give them a low, t- you give them like a low tip and they're like, wow, very generous, thank <laughs> you for the gigantic tip, yeah. You come back now, you hear? William, have you ever had any, like, super bad, like, service stories at a restaurant? No, I've been pretty lucky. Oh, me too. Nothing fun. All right. To my knowledge, I've been pretty lucky. Oh, yeah, somebody might be spitting in all your food. Michiwaki wonders why the waiter has something against them, and we then see a man named Terabayashi Shoji wearing a hat listening in on their conversation. This guy's real mysterious, Colleen. I felt like they went out of their way to make him so suspicious. Like, and I even checked in the manga. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty much the same. It wasn't even like a 
uh, on the part of the producers. It was just like, yeah, we want you to think that this guy is up to something no good. Yeah, and it was weird because he's like not introduced until I think like deep into part two. They flash his name card here, so they <laughs> give right. his name, like they give they give his age and stuff, and it's like, like why bother why giving him a name info? card? Yeah, just let's just wait until he actually has a speaking role. Ron asks Mitchawaki not to go to the restaurant, but he assures her that the ghost photos are just rumors. We then overhear a man loudly exclaim that another dead body was found by the railroad wound up being a woman with brown hair, just like the previous victim. Karen then runs off to check things out, and Ron complains that he always has to know everything. Sounds like some other detective nerd. You mean her boyfriend? Yeah. <laughs> Inspector Yokomizo is on the scene. William, you know, the show has so many inspectors. Do you have a favorite? It's hard to beat Megure or Maguire, you know. He's got that Brooklyn accent in the dub. No, he's a good choice. He's a solid choice. Yokomizu is on the scene, and he says that the victim was stabbed in the stomach. She's another tourist that died similar to the case last year. The time of death is between 8 and 9 o'clock last night after a fireworks display. Sonico tells Ron that they passed by here around that time, and that it's scary since her hair is brown too. I don't want to die at a place like this. I have many things I want to do. And many things I want to buy. Luxury handbags. Very sad. Yeah, she's too young to die. She needs to make it to the next sale. Yeah, so very smooth, Michiwaki puts his hand on her, and he promises to protect her while they're at Izu. Oh, please. We're forgetting about Ron, because she's got brown hair, too. <laughs> I know, it's so weird. <laughs> like, he's, you're not the right shade of brown. Yeah, I'm wondering if, like, they have multiple, like, Japanese words for, like, brown, and that... What they're saying refers to, like, a lighter shade, and it's just not being, like, subtitled with that specific, you know, like, light brown. I feel like that could be it, because otherwise it seems so odd that they keep making it about her hair color and then it not, you know, and Ron's just ignored. It would seem weird to me, though, that for them to have multiple uh, words for that color for brown hair when they all have black hair in Japan. So could Sonico have dyed her hair? I don't think. Do you? I don't think she. I think her family. I think her sister and her mom. What are, their hair colors are pretty similar. So yeah, I, I don't think, think her sister has a different. Anyways, we are talking way too much about the different shades of brown. But I think her sister also. <laughs> no, has, let's. Like, I feel like we need to get into this. Let me I, find Sonica's sister. I think her right. hair is like a darker brown as well. She's in the triplet case. I just saw her dub name, Serena Sebastian. Yeah. That's gonna be <laughs> Wow. Alright. So, I'm bringing up, and she has an older sister, Ayako. So, it is... I'd say the same hair color. I'd say the same shade. Might be very slightly lighter, but not much. And then, okay, so here's the thing, though. Her mother, Tomoko, she has darker hair. So, we're not getting... Huh. So, I'm on the Detective Conan World wiki thing for the triplet case and the sister looks like she has darker hair in the little clip that they have of her i feel like that's such an old photo <laughs> oh i'm sorry are we looking at photos from the last five years i thought you get a little more current yeah but they change so much like do you realize what takagi looks like now that's true it's hard to say I, you know i i don't uh, i'm not seeing a huge difference i i think that's natural hair color okay We'll look at Sonica's different looks through the years. Although, 
Hmm. Maybe. Huh. I don't know. William, you be the decider here. She dyed her hair or not? I'm going to say she didn't. Okay. I'm going to control F dye here. I don't get anything. So, score one for me. Unlike when I was talking about that, uh, that black organization member, and I thought it was just, uh, <laughs> you said she had a tattoo. To make up. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, it's just oh, I did. I so for the record, I don't know if I didn't have like a opinion on whether it was dyed or not. I was just posing the question <laughs> for the sake of the conversation. Oh, no. You were you're a pro dye. Let's <laughs> get that clear. I could see I could see Sonico dyeing her hair if she thought it would get her boys. That is true. It's in character. They then decide to have dinner somewhere else, and he tells Sonico not to bring her camera. That seemed like a very odd and specific request. Hey, do not bring your camera. <laughs> I mean, he didn't even give her a reason behind it. It could be like, I just want I know. Him, you know, concentrating on the two of us. Wait, so he went from asking her to bring the camera to not bringing the camera? Yeah, once they decided that they're not going to the restaurant by the sea, he told her not to bring the camera. Suspicious. He says he'll pick them up at 7 at the entrance of the hotel. We then see Shoji once again lingering around the scene and Conan notices him. Michiwaki then leaves and Yokomizo spots them. The inspector asks if Kogro is with them, but it's just the three of them. Yokomizo says Conan is the knight of these two ladies and tells him to protect them. He then tells the girls to be careful and to give his regards to Kogro when they get back. Sonico tells Ron that Yokomizo is energetic, but he doesn't look dependable. She then says that if Kogo is here, the case would be solved very quickly. This amuses Conan, who says to himself that Yokomizo is far more dependable. <laughs> yeah, it, it does kind of, it is a bummer that we don't get, like, any Kogo here. He doesn't even call to check up on him. It seems weird to me what Sanako said about um, Yokomizu not looking um, dependable, because even though Kogo's gotten, or he's, you know, they, they believe he's gotten cases solved in the past, Nothing about the way he carries himself is really dependable. <laughs> That's very true. Later that night, it's raining and the girls are waiting for Michiwaki to arrive. Makoto then comes out the door and leaves an umbrella for them to use before leaving without a word. This guy's such a creep. <laughs> he's, he's like, he just walks out, puts down an umbrella, and then he's like, he doesn't even so, he can like go like, hey, I thought you could use this. He goes, he just puts it down and then leaves. And they're like, uh... Do we use that? <laughs> <laughs> is this is for, that for us? us? He's not even like smiling or anything. Like he's so uh, unapproachable. Why does he always have the white lens glasses? Who can say? It's to make him mysterious, I think. Conan says maybe the guy likes Sonico, and Ron tells her friend that she's quite popular. Sonico protests and says that he's such a gloomy guy. She then realizes she left her wallet in her room and goes back to fetch it. Conan asks Ron what's wrong, and she says she feels like she's seen Makoto before. Sonica returns to her room and finds somebody looking through her belongings. She tries to scream for help, but the man covers her mouth and pulls her back inside. He's about to stab her with a knife when Ron and Conan return to the room and ask what she's doing. The burglar then runs off and leaps out the window to escape. So I gotta say, this is like definitely one area that's kind of frustrating. It's not even like she wasn't seeing the guy. She says it was like so dark that she couldn't make out any features. How dark was this room? Come yeah, on. but then Ron walks in and she's like, oh, hi, Sonico. <laughs> so obviously they can see something. 
Yeah, and it's dark enough for um, the guy to be rummaging through the belongings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just one thing where you have to really suspend your disbelief, and it's like, you, you had to see, at least have, just have, have the guy wear a mask. Like, we could have, like, gotten around this, like, quite easily. Although, Tyler, remember there was that one case where they showed that shadow figure, and the person was actually wearing a ski mask, and then I'm just like, <laughs> my mind's blown. What if the entire time yeah. all these people are wearing ski masks? Oh, man. Sonico says he must have been an underwear thief. What a- okay. <laughs> she almost gets killed, and her reaction was, that guy wanted my panties. <laughs> I mean, what else could he possibly be looking for? There's nothing else that's valuable, because Sonico didn't bring all her fancy things, because they're not at a fancy hotel. Yeah, we're just back to the, the confident Sonico here. Her her panties are high value. Well, yeah, they are. <laughs> Uh, Ron then asks if she saw his face. However, she says that she didn't have time as the room was dark. Ron asks how she knew it was a man, and Sonico says she bit him while she was struggling, and he had a hairy arm. Mitchell Walkie then arrives asking what's wrong as the lights weren't on, and says his car broke down on the way there. Ron asks how Mitchell Walkie knew what room they were in, and he says he asks at the counter. Conan notices that his clothes are wet and that there's dirt on his pants. He then asks Michiwaki to take off his shirt as he wants to see his arm. And it blew my mind that Michiwaki, like, is, like, cool with this request because he just takes his shirt off and, uh, there's not a bite anywhere. But, like, if some random kid just told me to, like, take my shirt off, show me if there's a bite, I'd be like, what the hell are you talking about, kid? (laughs) Even after you spend the whole day with this kid, you've been, like, eating lunch and dinner with him, like, you got to know this kid, so maybe it's not an oddball request. I don't care who, like, I don't care how much you know me, just randomly going, hey, take your shirt off. I'd be like, what? <laughs> Maybe he doesn't know what how kids are. He's like, oh, this is a weird request, but I'm, am I going to say no to a kid? Hmm, maybe. That, that kind of sounds like every other character. Whenever Conan has some requests, they're just like, okay, yes, here's the evidence that you're looking for, little boy. <laughs> Makoto then appears and asks the guests if anything's wrong. They all notice a bandage on Makoto's arm, and Ron asks him about it. He says the mark is from a drunk man that bit him the other day. Ron presses for more details, but Sonico says she doesn't think it's him, as the man that attacked her was Harry. They tell Makoto about the attack, and he says he believes it was a thief, as it's happened before. Then tells them to lock all their windows to the balcony when leaving. And he's very much, he's very disapproving. He's like, I I told you to do this. You didn't do this. Lock those windows. Yeah, I mean, his personality's not coming through, like... As a stellar one, like every basically everything that Sonico says, he's like no, no, no. Like uh, I don't know, he's just unpleasant for the first little portion of it. So well, yeah. just wait, just wait, Colleen, because this next line I think will go <laughs> way further in that direction. Makoto also says that Sonico is wearing things that would attract men's attention, especially at such a late hour, which is like saying, "Please attack me." This is like the ultimate victim blamer. Yeah. Yeah, I took some notes there, too. I was like, is this just dated, or is it a culture thing? What what do I get to blame here, besides the victim? <laughs> I mean, I think Makoto is definitely kind of old-fashioned, and we definitely see this more in the series as it goes on, that he's very reserved, and he definitely has a perception of, like, what he expects a woman to behave, and weirdly, it's almost not Sonico at all, what he, like, wants, but he's definitely willing. She's won his heart over so much that he's willing to be okay with the. Uh, like he said, like he says something in the later. He's like, you know, you, even though I, uh, 
I'm the man that cares the most about you, so I hope you'll listen to me. But even if you won't, that won't change how I feel. Uh, so he definitely wants Sonico to act a little more reserved. And uh, he seems like the type of guy that would not enjoy, like, public displays of affection or anything like that. He's very, uh, like, a private individual and, and such. Uh, it's, it's calling in just because we have the female perspective here. Did you, are you, uh, did you feel wronged by his sexist behavior here? Uh, okay, so I wasn't particularly bothered by it. Like, I'm kind of used to seeing this stuff in things that I watch, but I mean, it does go to show, like, we should maybe be looking more at, you know, the flaws of the attacker and not the victim here, like, as you guys already pointed out. Um, and it does kind of question, like, you know, because at this point we didn't re- we didn't know Makoto's feelings towards Sonico, so like this was my second time watching it, knowing how he felt about her. I was just like, okay, is is he getting into like obsessive territory? Like, what's he trying to pull here? So, and another thing, like, okay, he doesn't want Sonico to act a certain way, like maybe not dress a certain way or whatnot, but like that's who she is. Like what did he end up liking about her? I mean, they explain what it is, but like it kind of goes to show like he doesn't know enough about Sonico to even claim that he, you know, quote unquote loves her. Damn. Makoto then says what she's wearing doesn't look good on her anyhow, and Sonico calls him mean. And Mitchellwaki says she's attractive in whatever she is in, be it a swimsuit or a yukata. Makoto grabs their bags and says he'll move them to another room. He then tells them that it's best to eat here for dinner as the man might be waiting somewhere down the road. Sonico is surprised at how good the food is at the hotel. Makoto then tells them that if they make a reservation they can get much better seafood and that this meal is on the house. He then asks them not to tell people that the hotel is dangerous. After he leaves, Sonico sarcastically says that, Oh, I won't say anything about the underwear thief with a knife. Oh, no. She's very Canadian in this moment. (laughs) (laughs) I will neither, uh, I I won't deny that. This is the first time that Ron has heard about a knife, and Sonico says she saw it under the dim light from outside. Kind of wonders if it's the same suspect as the railroad case, and if Sonico is really being targeted just due to her brown hair. He then remembers the man looking through her baggage and believes the culprit was looking for her camera, as a photo might have a clue that is related to the case. Conan asks Sonico about the camera in the film, but she says it's all safe. In fact, Sonico got the photos developed earlier and shows them the photos. Michiwaki's about to take a look, and Sonico tells Ron not to worry as she took out that picture of her. Michiwaki notices a bunch of photos of couples on dates and asked if those are her friends, but Ron explains that Sonica was in a sour mood and was just taking photos of every peop- every people she'd see out on a date. What an odd thing to do. <laughs> Is it like one of those, gosh, what, what's it called? Like visualization where you're just like, I just want to like have pictures and visualize this and one day I too will have it. I feel like she's just being mean and like uh, trying to like make things awkward. She is, I don't know. It's definitely for her mood board. Yeah, there you go. Conan doesn't see any suspicious photos and says Sonico never took the photos while near the railroad either. I thought it was weird that he wrote off no suspicious pictures because if you're watching, um, Michiwake holds one photo and then he's holding the stack, so he never like rifles through all the pictures. Yeah. Michiwake asks if they want to go to the scary restaurant tomorrow morning as they're leaving at noon. 
Sonica says it won't be scary during the day, and Conan notices Shoji walking by. Conan believes he's being watched and is left wondering who attacks Sonico as the episode ends. So this was interesting, especially with how they did the cliffhanger here. He doesn't even really have like any clear uh, suspicions here. It's very, it's very open-ended at the end of the first episode. Usually I feel like we get a big reveal at the end of the first episode when it's a two-parter and we're left going, oh man, how's this going to pick up? But here it's kind of like, Huh, I wonder who did it. It's it's much more on a... It's more open-ended, I feel like, than a lot of two-parters. What do you feel about this uh, first episode, Colleen? Um, yeah, I thought it was uh, okay. Like, it had some nice comedic moments at the beginning with, uh, you know, the girls and Conan sort of his, like, interior monologuing if you will like that comment about like oh that's impossible nobody could possibly be interested in sonico like that had me in stitches um in terms of like uh the suspicious characters around like i just feel that they made it so um obvious that they wanted us to go in a certain direction that it made me like want to go in the other direction completely um in terms of who i thought was the culprit um the other thing that I found interesting, and this is like to your point about how Conan didn't have any real uh, deductions at this point, like there's stuff that's said in this episode that he'll, he'll bring back in the second part. And it's almost like, Conan, like what's wrong with you? Are you like grogging? Like why didn't you pick up on that earlier? So it's a little like, you know, I, I was a little like, oh, Conan, like I don't want to say disappointed in him, but it's just like, why didn't you notice that sooner and um the other thing that um i thought was interesting at least i picked up on this i don't know if this is like obvious to other people but i feel like in other episodes we get a lot more of the reactions from the other characters in this one michiwaki didn't have any reactions to anything like we didn't even get a chance to be suspicious of him at all because he was painted as such a good guy Whereas in other ones, when you have like whatever it is, like three suspects or whatnot, you'll usually see how they react to certain things that are said. But there's nothing like that for Michiwaki. So you kind of um, are at a disadvantage in terms of like he's just kind of a blank slate at this point. But I mean, I was still intrigued by the episode. Um, I like the first time around watching it, I was intrigued. The second time, I just wanted to get to that ending, that very like climactic um satisfying ending so yeah i was still in for this one the the deal with michiwaki i feel like he's pretending like obviously we know with retrospect that he is pretending to be a good guy but that's always how i read him because especially with just a lot of his requests seem odd like they just saw a woman get murdered and he's like hey let's go to the scary restaurant huh yeah he was so persistent about that too i'm like give it a rest nobody wants to go to this restaurant (laughs) It's almost like his lack of a reaction there seemed like that was the reaction. It seemed very sociopathic to not, you know, undergo that moment of seeing a dead body. And then you're like, oh, man, I could really go for some food. <laughs> yeah, I think in hindsight it could be read that way. But watching it through the first time, it was easy to not consider him as a suspect. Um, because one of the classic... Uh, lines that people usually have a flinching moment that conan catches on is when they mention you know uh, there's a detective very closely connected with ron you know they usually get a a wide-eyed thing that conan catches on to and they didn't do that 
Well, they did kind of because uh, when Sonic when Sonic mentions that Ron's boyfriend like has a deduction, he's like, "Oh, tell me more about this person that does deductions." And like he did follow up there. He never went towards your father, obviously, but he definitely was like very kind of intrigued and maybe even worried about this person they were going to show these photos to. He didn't play it off really well. They didn't do the lightning bolt eyes kind of a thing. <laughs> So what do you think overall about the first episode, William? Yeah, Colleen took a lot of the points I had too. I thought it was good. I thought the pacing was pretty good. They 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 kept me in it. I, I'm 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 still in it. So we get a new ending theme here, which is "Free Magic" by W A G. Uh, William, what's your ever thoughts overall thoughts on this song? I I thought it was great. I think this is this is one of my favorite ending themes. I am in a habit of not listening to them, so I didn't catch it this time damn <laughs> okay colleen what do you think are you gonna be a hater because you don't you didn't you weren't big on that gary gary uh, opening too because i think this is like a, a baller opening ending themes combo here i think this is like the peak of canon here oh, okay yeah i feel like we sometimes have had different tastes in uh, the openings and endings like gary gary uh, upon listening to it to the, for the first time, I was like, meh, it's kind of grown on me in certain parts. So, uh, you know, it's fine now. Whatever. Free magic. Colleen, we get live action shots of the rock band, like, jamming out during this anime opening. It's so funny. It's funny, but it's, like, distracting almost. <laughs> and, like, they reuse some of the content that they use for another one of the openings. I can't remember which one exactly so i'm just like yeah you guys didn't try hard enough for me but anyways free magic um it's fine for the most part i feel like when they actually sing the free magic part though it sounds so drowsy to me i don't know it just like i don't know they're just not trying (laughs) they're like free magic (laughs) like it's it's so slow but um definitely not like I don't know if I have a least favorite ending. I don't think it would be this one though. But, uh, but yeah, it's fine. All right. So it seems like I'm the only one is high on it. But uh, let's go through the lyrics here real quick. Goes free magic game. Looking for you and go to the future. Free magic. Good night. Staring at me. One day I remembered that happiness has wings. When the world looks faded suddenly, I embrace the egg not born. And inadvertently become happy mood. Okay, you can tell when it's like just kind of a bad translation when they say something. We're gonna use that. I become happy mood. Free magic. The truth is, free magic. What is love? The further from you, I was able to feel your kindness. I want to find something to heal your scars that appear by approaching. Please don't throw away the love that grew over me. Free magic. Today, what's on your mind? You're kind. Free magic. Stay by my side forever. Let's go on living together in this room. Free magic. We swim the night sky. Okay. This... <laughs> oh my gosh, the next line. Please read it. Yeah, the lyrics. Are, these lyrics are making me <laughs> like the song less. Free magic in the refrigerator. <laughs> Free magic. Flop and go on. We are fumbling the warmth in the cold darkness. Someday the miracle is sure to happen. Free magic, if there is love, it would have a round shape. Free magic, now give its first cry in our hands. No matter how hard it is, free magic, slight courage, free magic, let's collect it and grow up. All right. So what's free magic? I don't know. 
Is that love? It's free, no cost? It's the refrigerator, man. It's Japanese magic. It's that crusty thing you find at the back of the refrigerator. Oh. And it must be in a round shape if you look later on. Next Conan's hint is bite mark. Ron says, Sonica has finally found a boyfriend. I'm so happy, says Sonica. And then Ron says, just being happy isn't enough. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ron, like, kind of expressed what I was, like, jokingly feeling. Not, not enough. Can we also take a moment to appreciate how the Conan's hint, um, before they said it, I was like, is the hint like dentures? What is that supposed to be? Because yeah. it's just like a mold of someone's teeth. So what did, what did your sub say? Mine said shape of mouth. Yeah, it said that. <laughs> I went with bite marks, though. I don't know. That's better. Shape of mouth seems like a bad <laughs> translation to me. I was like, I'll go with what the wiki says on this one. Even then, I'm not sure that's a very good hint. Yeah, it isn't a good hint. Like We already brought up the bite marks. That didn't really... Yeah, there's like no comparison or anything. Yeah, and I think it actually got a different hint when they remastered the episode. Let me take a look here. So they changed it to pantograph. Is that worse? I don't know what a pantograph is. Dude, I don't think a pantograph's involved in this at all. This is blowing my mind. I have no clue what they mean. That's weird. Mm. I'm understanding the concept of what it is, but I'm with you, Ty. Like, when I don't this see come how it relates episode? to the episode. Yeah, like I giggle pantograph, and I'm like, this is not in the episode. Oh, well, oh my gosh. Okay. Um... Look at look at the images. Look at Google Images for it. Pantograph transport. Oh, okay. So like a train pantograph. All right. Rather, because I was coming up with like like rollers and shit. Yeah, I was like, is this a Heiji string episode again? <laughs> okay, so it's a it's an apparatus mounted on the roof of an electric train, tram, trolley bus. Okay, so that's actually a good hint. That's a much better hint. So we move on to episode 154, Sonic's Dangerous Summer Story, part 2. This originally aired July 26, 1999. Conan says, Summer Vacation has just started. Just who is Sonic's perfect match? Ooh, I don't know. Remember when I uh, I was like, oh, I, I would uh, ship her with Heiji. Would you still ship her? Well, no, because Kazuha's in the picture. If she weren't, like, maybe the two of them, but, uh, but yeah, she ends up with uh, another dark-skinned man i don't feel like heiji would have the patience for her yeah he's a pretty no-nonsense guy yeah and she's a lot of nonsense i'm sorry have you guys seen how he acts with kazuha though <laughs> yeah but they, she has the attitude to get back at it with him i don't think sonica would appreciate his rudeness oh probably and, not well they'd probably break up every other episode and then get back together and then break up again yeah makoto's definitely kind of rude here but it's coming from a positive place, and uh, he doesn't really act like this coldly in their actual relationship. So I feel like they're a far better relationship uh, just from the two personalities. So is that a spoiler? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it released in 1999, you know. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't watched it by now, then I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> The next morning, Michiwaki arrives at the restaurant, and Conan notes that there aren't many customers. Sonica yawns and says she didn't get any sleep. She was shocked by the attack. She then says she'll just sleep in the car while they eat. This this seemed so odd to me. Yeah, that seemed like it was just trying to fit some plot. Yeah, like, I, I kind of remembered this whole thing with the her in the car, and I thought she was, like, drugged or something, and, like, 
that's how she fell asleep. But no, she's just like, yeah, I'm really tired. I'm just going <laughs> to sleep in this car. I was like, oh, okay. Ron says that's too bad. And Michiwaki says he has some drinks in the cooler for her to drink if she gets thirsty. And to come join them once she's rested up. See, I thought he had like something in the drinks here. But that's never comes out. So Michiwaki says the seafood is great here. And Ron wonders if Sonica will be okay sleeping in a hot car. He says it's fine as he turned on the air conditioner. We then see Shoji, who has very hairy arms, walking up to Sonica's car. They're throwing, like, every red flag to Shoji here. He's he's meant to be so suspicious that it makes me go, well, he's definitely innocent. Yeah. (laughs) What do you think about Shoji, uh, William? Yeah, I mean, they were trying really hard to make him suspicious, but I think I fell for it. Oh, okay. Okay, so you guys weren't, like... Did you have any inkling of him possibly being who he ended up being? No, I didn't. I think I fell for pretty much all of their misdirects here. Okay. I didn't know who he was, but I was pretty dead set from the beginning of the uh, Sonica's, uh like suitor being the killer here. Like He just seemed way too uh, suspicious mm-hmm. to me. Everybody finishes up their meal, and that's when they see Makoto there. They ask if he comes there often, and he says it's his first time before asking where Sonico is. This was real suspicious. This guy follows them <laughs> to where they're eating, and he's like, "Where's Sonico?" <laughs> it's my first and is time he, here. Like, on foot or something, or did everyone besides them show up on foot? <laughs> well, there is yeah, one I other think... car, but we're not sure if that's like supposed to be the owner of the restaurant. That waiter guy, Makoto. I think Makoto is just like doing his morning workout. And he's like, "I'm just gonna stop here <laughs> and wait for them." Yeah, it's so funny because he. We later learn that he's been following Sonica like the entire time. So is he just like? <laughs> so he sees them. They drove there. I don't think it's ever shown Makoto driving. So is he just like running after them? Oh please! I imagine. I imagine him like hauling ass on like a bike, just like pedaling to try to keep oh, up. Either of those visuals work. <laughs> but what about Shoji? Like he got there so soon after they left their car, they would have like passed him driving up the road. Yeah, that's odd. I don't know. Ron says Sonica is resting in the car, and Conan then notices the car moving towards a cliff with Sonica sleeping in it, and they're like, uh-oh. I love how Conan's just like, oh, isn't that your car? <laughs> I will say, this is another thing that made me super suspicious. Uh, I'll get to it in a bit here, but this really tipped me off, especially when you were talking about reactions. They all run off to chase the car, and a staff member actually grabs Makoto as he hasn't paid yet, which I thought was real funny. <laughs> I love that he lets Ron and Conan go, and then, yeah. Sir, you haven't paid yet. He didn't even have, like, food with him. I don't (laughs) Like, did he even eat? Conan steps on a lockpick while running and reaches the car. He finds that the emergency brake is off, and Ron tries to break the window with her elbow, but can't do it. Ron tells Conan to get away from the car, and then she grabs, like, the top of it. She, (laughs) this is amazing acrobatic skills. She, like, does a handstand, and then she swings forward, and she breaks the glass with her knees. She then unlocks the door and tells a barely awake Sonic to grab onto her, and the two jump off right before the car goes over the cliff and explodes. This is quite the action sequence for Conan. I thought it was great. This has got to be one of my favorite Ron action moments. Like, I've been really, uh, <laughs> really critical of her the last few times just because, you know, I always compare whatever she does to holding the flashlight. And she hasn't done much in the last few episodes that we've reviewed, Tyler. But this is like, this makes up for everything. <laughs> like, she was just so badass here. Yeah, I thought it was great. William, you know, action's kind of rarely used in canon. And I kind of feel like 
when they do employ it, it seems even more cooler. What do you think overall about this section? Uh, like Colleen said, Ron is such a badass in this scene. I do wish he'd get more moments like this in the show, but I don't know if that would dilute it. I don't think so, but maybe they wanted to save it for special occasions. Makoto and Michiwaki catch up, and they're glad everybody's okay. Makoto then grabs Michiwaki and asks him why the emergency brake wasn't on. Michiwaki says it was, and Conan says somebody must have taken it off and used a lockpick to do so. So the, the the lack of reaction here from Michiwaki, whose car just fell off a cliff and exploded, like he was shockingly calm about this. Like I cannot imagine seeing my car that I just bought like go over the edge of a cliff and being this cool about everything. Yeah, just all the it just goes like more to your theory of like this guy has to be some sort of like psychopath, sociopath, or something like that. Like He does react to it eventually, but it, he, like, laughs it off. Yeah, like, the only way you can have that reaction is if you planned on that happening, you know? Yeah, I think this is right about when I changed my mind about who was suspicious, but it's kind of funny, his level of commitment to killing Sonico, if he's giving up his entire car. I know. Not, it's like, dude, you couldn't think of a better way to get rid of that evidence? Well, yeah, exactly. Not only Sonico is to get rid of the photo. It wasn't even a rental. He says it was his car, too. Oh my gosh, Ridiculous. imagine that was a rental, though. <laughs> like, I don't care. Because, like, they they do that to Kogro all the time, where, like, he'll have a rental, like, it's, like, a slashed tire or somebody damages it. But, like, he's like, yeah, that's my car. Oh, well. <laughs> Maybe he's, like, super rich. Maybe. Inspector Yokomizo is called, and the investigation team finds no fingerprints on the lockpick. Yokomizo asks if there's any other evidence, and another policeman says the only evidence left is the water from the parked car's air conditioner. Sonica says she was sleeping and never noticed any strangers walking by. She then tells the police that Makoto keeps appearing wherever they go. However, Conan says that Makoto is not the culprit as he was already in the restaurant when the car started moving and that Michiwaki was eating lunch with him, so he's innocent as well. That means the mysterious man that has been following them did it. So even Conan's fooled by Shoji here. Yeah, a little bit. I also find it quite funny how anytime Makoto is, um, you know, being suspected, it, like either it's Conan this time, I think it was Ron in the last ep- or. No, Sonico in the last episode being like, no, it couldn't have been him. Like, they're so quick to be like, no, Makoto's not even like, don't even consider him suspicious. Like, he's not the culprit. Like, Sonico's like, oh, it wasn't him because he doesn't have hairy arms and and this time with Conan. So I was just like, okay, that's interesting that they do that. Like, are we supposed to... I I feel like we were just supposed to, like, maybe be suspicious of him. And then when one of the characters explains that it's not, it's just like, okay, so he has some other purpose in this episode. He's not even supposed to be um, on the culprit list, if you will. The police ask Sonica to ride to the station, but she says she's uncomfortable riding in a car right now. Michiwaki then suggests they walk to the police station together and they can enjoy the scenery. She agrees to it, but Yokomiza is worried that she'll be targeted. Michiwaki says nobody will attack in broad daylight. Yokomiza reluctantly agrees and tells her not to stop anywhere and to go straight to the station. I found it very unbelievable that they'd let her walk to the police station here. Like, somebody just tried to kill her, and this dude's, like, very easily convinced. He's, you know what? Sonico's right. He's not dependable as an officer <laughs> if he's letting this happen. It's actually also interesting that Sonico not once mentioned how, and I guess maybe it's because there's no opportunity for it, like how she would be the one to solve 
the case is you know she also has or believes that she has some sort of detective abilities oh yeah that's true <laughs> that she taught kogro everything he knows exactly well that's true has he used her much yet in canada um once or twice i think okay yeah he's used her a few times Ron asks Sonica if she has any idea why she's being targeted, but she doesn't know why. Michiwaki says she must just be too attractive. <laughs> oh, what a ladies' man. Babe, they're just trying to kill you because you're too hot. I don't know if Sonico... I feel like Sonico goes through, like, maybe a bit of growth, even, from part one to part two. Like, the Sonico of part one would have eaten this up, and then part two Sonico... I don't know, maybe the near-death experience has rendered her a less of a, you know, boy-crazy person, for the moment at least. Cannon wonders the same thing, and why the culprit didn't just kill her when they opened the car door. Ron says all their stuff was in the car, and Michiwaki says they're lucky in comparison as his car was destroyed. So that's the first time he kind of mentions the car. And then he says, oh, but you know, it's really too bad about your photos. Those can't be retaken, and... Sonoki says, oh, I only have one shot left. The one that she'll show Shinichi of Ron. And so he's like, oh shit. There's still photos. They still aren't destroyed. Except he didn't do that because we didn't see that reaction. Well, yeah, I'm just saying internally. <laughs> but So do you think if that photo hadn't been mentioned after this, like he would have just let it go? Yeah. I mean, I don't think he had any reason. Because I think if she would have not mentioned that, then he would have been like, okay, problem's gone. Like, I think he still wanted to kill her just because he likes killing brown-haired women, obviously. But with the police so, like, close in on him, like, how was he going to do this and, like, get away? How is he going to murder her here when the police know that he's taken her with him? Like, what kind of lie could he even concoct here where he'd be innocent? So it, it doesn't, this does not seem like a good place to attack her. Like, I don't know, this dude, like, obviously he's a serial killer, so he's beyond the deep end but like it just makes no sense to attack here when the police are already investigating all this stuff and you're being like you know what i'll walk with her she'll be fine and then like imagine if she died and then he's like whoops <laughs> I guess well i guess slipped. her friend didn't do a good job of protecting her now did she yeah like there was no good way for him to murder her and come out of this okay so that just seems like a bad idea all around so do you guys think that if the photo wasn't even a factor in this episode, he would still target Sonico just because of her hair? Maybe, maybe but I don't feel like he he probably wouldn't, wouldn't have gone like this hard on trying to kill her. Like if he could get her alone and like had the opportunity, sure, he likes killing women. You know, that's my hobby too. You know, I will take it if it's gone. If, you know, I'll take that opportunity if it's their calling, but I'm not going to go out of my way to kill a woman, you know what I mean? See, that's why I'd... you can only have a female co-host who lives in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I thought the plot here was that Colleen was going to try and kill you, Tyler. <laughs> I'm, turning the... <laughs> I'm turning it on her. But I don't think he would have tried to make the kill. Yeah, I'm with you, William. Because I... he had just committed one he... the night before. Yeah, he that should he should have been like, oh, okay. I'm good for a few days. <laughs> How often do you think you have to kill somebody to get that out of your system? Once a month, maybe. I think he did four within the past year, right? Yeah, so seasonally. Yeah, once each quarter. Okay. He's like, ah, got my summer kill out and out real early. I can enjoy the rest of this vacation. <laughs> 
Conan says the culprit was likely trying to get rid of the pictures, but Conan still doesn't understand what was in the photos. Conan then sparks Shoji walking behind them, and Michiwaki says it might be her attacker. He then tells Sonico to grab his arm and to run with him. They then head into the forest. Shoji follows them into the woods. Michiwaki says they should split up to lose the man. Conan's confused as to why the attacker is still after Sonico, as all the pictures are burned. A train passes by, and that's when Conan remembers this is the forest where the body was found, and that a train passed by that night. Shoji stops to catch his breath, and says this is getting worse by the minute, when Ron just jumps down from a tree. She looks like a Naruto character. (laughs) She confronts the man, he moves backwards, and he steps on a twig. He's like, oh, my foot. He's a real tough guy. And Ron goes, that's why you don't wear sandals into the woods. Like, this man's supposed to be, like, trying to murder Sonico, and she's lecturing him about footwear. <laughs> Goes to show you Ron was not afraid of him. Would you be afraid of a man in sandals? <laughs> That's a good point. I'd be terrified of a man in socks and sandals. Even better point, and we'll get to that soon. So Ron accuses him of being an attacker since he has hairy arms. She then looks for a teeth mark, but finds nothing. Seji then says he's a police officer, and he, like, shows her his little notepad, and she's like, I don't believe you, I know that on the very, you gotta show me the first page, you're not a real police officer, so then he, like, flips it open, she's like, oh. So in the manga, they totally, like, this was streamlined, like, he just shows her the notebook, and she's like, oh, he's a police officer, like, they didn't have this little, like, doubt interaction at all, yeah. but I don't know, I liked it, it kind of added a little bit of comedy. Yeah, I thought it was funny. He then says he's after the suspect of a certain case. Kenan, Kenan then asks Ron if if it's cool. <laughs> Kenan asks Ron if it's cool if you wear socks with sandals. And she's like, no. And that's what tips him off. Can you imagine being Ron at a time like this and saying, why are you worried about that right now? I know. It's such. It's the most random question. And I love that Shinichi didn't have this knowledge. He had to get it confirmed. <laughs> Well, he's got style. He's too cool. That's why Colleen's all over it. Shinichi would be like, I could probably rock socks or sandals. Uh, he might be able to, maybe. <laughs> Kenner then notices something, and he says that Sonico's in danger. We then see Michiwaki, who's wearing long socks with his sandals, complaining about running in the woods. And he, he actually steps on a twig, too. <laughs> all these killer these twigs. Too. I'm guessing that's what happened to the lady in the woods yesterday. I think she tripped and fell on a twig. Yeah. And just like took her innards out. Yep. Those twigs. So it's weird. He's like, he's like, oh, I hurt my foot on this twig. So Sonic rolls down his sock. <laughs> okay. Thank you. I thought I was the only one that was like, why is she doing that? It'd be one thing if he said, oh, I twisted my ankle or something like that. And she's checking his ankle. But like, she just goes straight to taking off his sock. But even then it seems out of place because if he could play it cool when they were talking about detect a detective around him and he was cool with the car like i don't think he'd let sonico go down to his ankles i think he wanted to catch her like wanted her to like find out here because he planned on killing her at the spot so he's okay with it but it is strange it's just a, a weird sequence of well, events that's a point but it, it's a but bit anyhow, more satisfying kill if she's scared yeah i like to know when I, personally when i'm killing a woman i like her to be absolutely terrified you know? <laughs> then wear socks and sandals tyler Yeah, the most horrifying thing of all. That's even worse than murder because that's a crime on fashion. Yes, this has been the Fashion Corner with Colleen. Our new weekly segment. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, it'd be a shame in the afterlife. How'd you go? I was stabbed by someone in socks and sandals. 
<laughs> Criminal. I would be a man. That's a faux pas. Sonic is in shock, and she starts to walk away. Michiwaki tells her there's nothing to be scared of, and then he pulls out a knife. Like, dude, your words are saying one thing, and your actions are saying a whole different <laughs> one. Kenan puts it together that Sonico actually bit a leg and not an arm, and that the culprit thinks the picture was taken at the crime scene because of the lights of a train passing by. He saw a flash and then saw Sonico passing by with a camera and got the wrong idea. Kenan then remembers Michiwaki mentioning Sonico wearing a yukata, which he shouldn't have known as she was wearing that when they were out watching the fireworks. Didn't we see Michiwaki wearing long pants when he came in that night? So I don't understand how she would have gotten a bite onto his leg. Oh, maybe she bit through it. And maybe you like, you know how they showed him with mud all over his pants? Yeah. Maybe like it was starting to, maybe there was like puncture marks on his, on his like pants. So he covered it up with mud. That's, that's my guess. I don't know. But his leg was hairy. Okay, well, so she would have bit the leg, true. not the pants. Maybe it like rolled up during the... Uh, kerfluffle they were getting into (laughs) i don't know that is weird well and just like the sort of the positioning like how did his leg end up like did sonico have i guess he had to grab his leg like how did his leg end up anywhere near her mouth is what i was wondering as well hey man women can do things with their mouth (laughs) (laughs) Kenan blames himself for not realizing that earlier and runs through the woods. Michiwaki pins Sonico down and demands to see the photograph. You probably thought it was just an average love scene when you took it, but it was really the picture of a murder in progress. <laughs> wow. Like, it, the only thing that it would have remotely looked like as a, a, a love scene was, like, I guess something really intimate, because he was, like, on top of her, right? So... How could he even say, like, you thought it was an average love scene? Like, we were having date night in the woods. Hell yeah, they were. You know how ram- romantic it she is. She probably to- had his leg in her mouth, too. <laughs> it's really romantic when you have the, the knife high in the air, ready to go. Oh, yeah. Oh, Tyler would know. <laughs> <laughs> Shiji tells Ron that Michiwaki has already killed four people and all the victims have brown hair. He's been watching him for a long time and has arrested him on carjacking. But they didn't have enough evidence for the murders. Maybe this is why I didn't care about his car get, uh, exploding. Maybe he stole it. And he was like, ah, wasn't my car anyhow. That, that would make sense. Shoji had heard similar cases in Izu, so he came here and spotted him. Shoji is confused by this case, though, as how did the car move by itself? I like how Sonica's life is in danger, and they're here going like, let's walk through all the parts of this mystery. <laughs> let's trade notes. And I also like how as says, quick, like... This guy asked this question, then Conan's just quickly like, oh, here's the solution. Like, we didn't even get to even think about it that quickly. Conan says he used ice. Michiwaki took a block of ice out from the cooler and put it under the left car tire to stop it from moving until it melted. That way it looked like the air conditioner was on and the emergency brake was always down. And he had planted the lockpick to mislead the investigators. This was really clever, I gotta say. Uh, I'm not sure how... Well, ice would do in stopping a car from moving, especially when you still have three tires, you know, like not impeded. But uh, I don't know. I thought this was clever using the ice. I could see the ice melting in about two minutes and just sliding down the hill and then the, the car <laughs> following suit. Yeah, it would probably just like roll over whatever little block was left or like the little block of ice would just slide along with it. 
Sonica is not even asleep yet and it starts moving. She just like opens the door and walks out. <laughs> Michiwaki tells Sonica that a brown haired girl dumped him in the worst way imaginable, which is why he kills everyone he sees. You're all the same as that slut who dumped me, he says. And Ron overhears him as he goes on this anti woman rant. And I was like, he's making some good points. Let's hear him out. <laughs> and they spot Michiwaki who's about to stab Sonica. And Sonica is like, Man, why do I get all these men that get close to me and then try to murder me? I hate you, God. And that's when Makoto appears. And Oh, damn, does he appear. Yeah, I'll tell you. So Mishawaki swings his knife at her, and Makoto just puts his arm there to block it. So he just gets this heat knife stuck into him. And he elbows Michiwaki to knock him off her. He asks Sonico if she's alright, and she's like, uh, are you? <laughs> You've got a knife sticking out of you, dude. She's but a scratch. <laughs> and he's just like, oh. Like, <laughs> oh, there is something there. Okay, this part I was confused with. Michiwaki. So he gets up, and he just finds, like, a giant stick on the ground. <laughs> like, Damn you, twig. <laughs> yeah was he usually like a toy he just has this long stick and so he grabs that he runs over to Makoto and he manages to break Makoto's glasses which apparently he never gets fixed I don't remember him ever wearing glasses again after this uh, like this is like the one time thing okay we'll have to park that because I can't remember if the next time we see him he has glasses he, 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 there's right, like we'll there's out. like a cabin case that he might wear them again but yeah like in the little the last movie i don't think he had the one i don't i mean i didn't watch the movie i just saw the cover for it but yeah is this the first time he's in the show yeah yeah so what are they accomplishing by giving him the white lens because we still wouldn't know him who he is no but i think it's just to make him suspicious i think that's all just to make him mysterious and like a bad guy but once you see his beautiful eyes you're like this guy could not kill somebody yeah so i think that's part of it and then maybe the other part is that he's meant to like i guess they're hiding his attractiveness because sonica would have been like oh hubba hubba i i I completely agree with that because once sonica sees him without the glasses she's like oh kind of a hunk and before that she's kind of like ew look at this four eyes goofball oh sure i mean they can keep the glasses but the white lens part that confuses me yeah (laughs) like if it was (laughs) for the entire time it's it's not just like the single glare where they, they they push up uh, that's when Ron remembers where she saw Makoto before as he won a karate competition, and he's actually the captain of the Haido High School karate team. He's known as the Prince of Attack. I think in some translations it's Prince of Kicks as well. Okay, well, that makes more or sense. in the manga, at least the one that I read today, it was, oh gosh, it was like, it's so bad. It was like, the young lord of attack. <laughs> okay, the young lord of attack. <laughs> So he knees Michiwaki in the face, then he delivers a switch kick and knocks him out. Makoto then tells Sonica that she does some dangerous things, and it's lucky that someone like him, who has a lot of free time on his hands, came by. Sonico asks if Makoto has been following her, and he says he has been. While he might be branded a stalker for it, Makoto saw Michiwaki talking to two or three other girls before they came. That's why he was worried about Sonico, and she's like, Why were you worried? Uh, You don't even know me. And he says that he once saw Sonico cheering on Ron at a karate competition. And she was cheering with all her heart. And he fell in love instantly at first sight. 
and he never thought she'd come to this inn. And before leaving, he tells Sonico that going around in lingerie like that is sure to seduce more men than necessary. Please stop doing that. I think it was funny that they were playing like this romantic music in the background while he's like confessing to being a creep. <laughs> yeah, it made it's it really all, something else. Like all of a sudden, it's fine because he's hot. And I thought this line really helped. He goes, "Of course, as the guy who loves you the most in this world, it doesn't matter if you don't want to listen to me." And that causes Sonico to blush bright red as Shoji is arresting Michiwaki. You know, him being hot. This last line, I feel like we can give him a pass. Oh yeah, obviously. <laughs> That's just how anime works. After the ending song, Sonico tells Ron that Makoto abruptly started studying abroad. Uh, not studying abroad, but, you know, going to other countries. Get it? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he spent enough time in this episode studying abroad, so now he's going to actually do it. <laughs> Ron is surprised as things were going well between them after the incident. Sonica says that there is no challenger strong enough in Japan for him, so he went to train overseas. Who is this guy, Goku? Well, that Goku is in his first name, remember? It is. <laughs> Three days later, Sonico is wearing a dress and asking Ron to go to a baseball game as there's a freshman in Idaho High School she's heard about that is cute and handsome. Ron says Sonico is supposed to be waiting for Makoto, but Sonico says, that was then, this is now. <laughs> I was kind of disappointed in that line, honestly, because she had a chance to, like, kind of move forward as a character a little bit in this episode, but she kind of came back to it at the end. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, like, a weird period here where Makoto will show back up, but, like, his appearances are so few and far between that Sonic is, like, I don't know, it's almost like they're on a break. Like, she's, she keeps herself entertaining offers from men at the very least. While they're still together. It's very odd. Uh, but I think uh, she does get over it at some point. But at least here, she's ready to move on. She's like, well, you know, if he's going to leave. I think I think it's more of an empty threat, too. I think she's kind of just being like, well, if he's going to leave me all alone, I'm going to make him jealous. I think that's more of her uh, reasoning more than that she really wants to date this freshman at the baseball team. And because this is also where he goes to school. So I think she's kind of, like, wanting, like, gossip to go around his school. So it come, goes back to him, and he'll be like, Sonico, I heard you wore that dress. <laughs> oh. I do not approve. So I think that might also be another aspect, but, you know, it's hard to say. What do you think about this budding romance, Colleen? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort of weird, because, like, Sonico, I don't know if Sonico's, um really ready for a long distance relationship um i couldn't i guess and this is not goshoyama's style obviously but it would have been nice to have makoto around for even like one more episode a couple more episodes and then he goes to study abroad because at least then we could maybe see them as a couple and kind of have uh, an idea of what that would look like here it's just like okay makoto confesses and then in the next instant he's gone so sonico's like back to being quasi single whether you want to consider her being in a long distance relationship or just like okay i now have this guy that i know is interested in me but i'm still gonna play the field because you know he's not a sure thing yeah this honestly would have been a great place for an anime original to take place in that interim, you know, show them as a couple, you know, have them have another, because they do say that they've been going on dates and stuff and that things were going well, and then he leaves. 
but that's all off screen. Like they could, like just have the next episode. Like leave the scene, put it then in the next episode. Like ha- show them together. Like that would have been so much more effective. I feel. Yeah, and so satisfying because for the what what episode are we on? One hundred and fifty. Five? Four. Four. 154. For 154 episodes, we've had to watch this girl <laughs> trying to get a boyfriend. <laughs> and the moment she does, he leaves. Yeah, it's definitely a little odd. Uh, William, what did you think about the episode overall? I thought, I think that hack came through for us in these episodes. Especially <laughs> with the last episode with Sonico. That wasn't really a case at all. So, yeah, I think, I think, I think that was good. And there's a little bit of movement with Sonico's character, like I've said a couple times. So that was that was good. Yeah, I thought it was a great two-parter. I thought it really delivered. I liked, like, like you were saying, I feel like it gives a lot more depth to Sonico as a character. It introduces Makoto. And here's a fun fact. It also introduces the one, the only, Shoji Teribayashi. Do you know that he reappears, Colin? No way. Like, in what episode? <laughs> He never appears in the anime again, but he randomly appears in movie 13. <laughs> okay. Does he I still have the it. sandals? <laughs> I don't know. He has the same hat, at least. I don't know if uh, he has sandals during that. So he's like a plain it's clothes officer. Genuinely hilarious that they randomly brought this dude back for movie 13. Like, think about how many years it had been since he had appeared. He was obviously so such 13. a memorable character. So that came out in 2009. It had been 10 years. From him showing up, and then they randomly put him back in the movie. Jeez. So funny. I hope it's actually him, and he has some sort of speaking role, and it's not just like, oh, let's just reuse this cell of a character that we had in this random episode with Sonico. It's almost definitely that <laughs> oh, no. he just... Can they even reuse a cell ten years later with the way... Yeah, I don't think works? they reused it, but I de- they definitely just reused the design. I don't think he has a speaking role, but we'll find out in a long, long time, Colleen, because we're not moving... In our own ten years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jeez. So, yeah, he does reappear, which, like, I was like, whoa, really? That's crazy. So, expect to see him again. Colleen, what do you think about the episode? You know, despite all of the, like, flaws that we pointed out, I actually enjoyed this episode, uh, even watching it the second time around. It was a different experience because, um, like, knowing who Shoji was, you kind of felt like, okay, it makes sense for him to be acting this way. Before, I was just like, okay, who's this equally creeper guy? Like, this this episode is just full of creepers the first time you watch it. But, uh, <laughs> but the second time around, I found it quite enjoyable. Um, like, Makoto... I found he had a very interesting introduction to the series because he's like equally as skilled in something as say Shinichi, Heiji, Kaido Kid, whatever, like he's a karate master like Ron, but he doesn't have the personality like like the other boys, like how they're kind of like a little bit show-off-y and they kind of just like they're very proud of what they're doing and then Makoto's like not that he's not proud of you know what he's able to do in karate it's just like it's not a big deal to him it's almost like he's oblivious to his awesomeness so I found him to be a different character than maybe the other um more like the other ones that also have some sort of athletic ability or skills that they can show off so Makoto um I really hope that he, because I've only seen maybe one other episode with him and he was, you know, enjoyable in that one too. So I hope he's one of those characters that um, maybe you like just learn to like and he grows on you over time because I don't know if like 
uh, for anyone like new or for anyone seeing him for the first time, I don't know if he comes off as as an appealing character. Like, I don't know if it's enough to just say like, oh, well, he's, you know, hot and good at karate. So we can just forgive him for all of his other things that he's said and done in this episode. Um, but yeah, I thought Ron's uh, participation in this one was really good. Uh, goes to show you that when it's a Sonico-driven episode, Ron's a lot more interesting than if it's just a Ron-driven episode like the last time. Um, Conan, Conan uh, I felt, was a little bit more on the backseat. It was just like he was kind of there observing everything. And then when it came time to do the detective stuff, it was him doing it. Like Yoko Mizo. I felt like it's kind of like you were saying, William, about how Sonico just happens to want to sleep in the car, like for plot purposes. Yoko Mizo is just kind of there for plot purposes. Like, okay, let's be all realistic because we need to show that the police is doing something. And then at the end, like, oh, you guys need to walk to the police station to give your report. So I don't feel like he did anything to propel the actual solving of the case. But without him there, I don't know how the episode would have been able to go. So... You know, there was like pros and cons to having him there, but it's always fun to see him. I I, I really like him as well uh, as an inspector, um, although it is funnier when Kogoro's around because he like fanboys about him. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought it was a solid two-parter. I thought it was also a good example of how um, to do like one of those cases where you take events that happened before the actual current case and events like that have to do with another murder mystery or other case and you insert them into this one I thought it like flowed really well whereas in other ones like there was that one train one that we did that it just felt like it was a mishmash of different stories like all bundled into one whereas this one like I felt it was very clear and um it just uh it fit really well so yeah overall I liked it yeah and I will say uh you're talking about Makoto and how he came off I feel like he de- we definitely warm up to him every time, even if you don't have the greatest reputation of him just yet. And he kind of becomes one of those characters, you know, I've talked about this a lot, but there's like special episodes of Detective Conan, like, oh, it's a Hattori episode, it's a episode with Kaido Kid, you know, stuff like that. And I feel like a Makoto episode is, is another thing where, like, he doesn't appear super often, but when he does, it's like, oh, this is really cool, we get to see this character we don't really see a lot. And that kind of works just because he is, you know, training overseas, so he's not constantly involved. So, like, it kind of makes him more of a special character. Just, Mm -hmm. you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So, like, you know, I think he works really well as a character because of that. And I I know he's always a highlight whenever he appears for me. Hopefully while he's studying abroad, he learns to be a little less uh, sexist. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, next count intent for next time is Crayon, so please remember that, Colleen. Oh, I will. And I want to give some Patreon shout-outs for everybody helping the podcast. I want to give a shout-out to Spencer, Big Chief Mason, Medium-Sized Jeffrey, Ryan Self, and some listener named William. Huh. wonder who that could be. Is he a new listener? Must be. So, you know, I did want to ask you one other question, William. Uh, how'd you find the podcast? I have gotten kind of into rewatch podcasts lately when um, the Office Ladies podcast started up last year. And then I just kind of started looking up stuff that I like and I found this one. It was a treat. 
There we go. So shout out to the Office Ladies podcast, as apparently they, in a roundabout way, got us a listener. <laughs> <laughs> and in our next podcast, we'll be covering the underwater key in the locked room case. And we're going to discuss something, Colleen. I don't know what. So come up with a topic. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's going to be a surprise. Maybe we'll cover Uno again. Hey, who knows? We might have more Uno facts to uncover. Who knows or who knows? Uh, once before we did like our favorite anime originals, so maybe we'll do a list type thing. We'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah, this so. is what happens when you do the planning as you're recording. You're just like, hmm, it could be this. <laughs> I was thinking maybe we do our uh, like favorite cases so far. I don't know. We can think about something. Any suggestions, William? Oh, man. Yeah, do you, do you have anything you'd like us to talk <laughs> or favorite? Putting me on the spot. I got nothing. <laughs> a lot of help this guy is the benefits of being a listener is i'm not usually part of the planning process <laughs> very true so uh i want to thank everybody for listening uh you can follow the show on twitter at case underscore reopened we're also on patreon that's patreon.com slash case reopened we appreciate all the support we've been getting and uh that'll do oh william uh People can follow you on Twitter. You want to give your Twitter name out? Uh, sure. Yeah, I can be found on Twitter and Instagram at where I'm your. It's, uh, do you want to just add the name to the show notes or I can spell it out here? Spell it out here. Uh, W-E-R-U-M-Y-E-R. Um, that's at where I'm your. And I don't do much on there, but sometimes I post stuff. You're pretty funny. Yeah, he tweets at the show. Oh, well, I Col- so. Colleen's a fan. Well, thank you. So she's got the he's got the Colleen recommendation there. <laughs> Whatever like that's worth. <laughs> she might have been being very passive aggressive. She's like, <laughs> no, oh my gosh. Yeah, he's Canadian really compliment. funny on there. <laughs> he's really funny on there. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I think you are. I'm being sincere. <laughs> oh yeah, really funny on there. Yeah. <laughs> You're making me sound like a kids in the hall of a character. <laughs> I'm so happy to meet you. All right, so that'll do it for this episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Bye. 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 And remember, one truth always prevails.